Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome to They Know on Silent Podcasts, giving you everything you need to know, everything debatable about Australian survivor Titans versus Rebels. I'm Sarah, and with me today is the never bamboozled Omar Zahir. Hey, Omar, how are you? Well, I don't know about that. I got pretty bamboozled myself, but I will take, take it. What was your biggest bamboozlement? When I uh, went, when I went home. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes, I like brutal. to find the bruise, find the bruise, locate it, push press it. my thumb on it, and just yeah. push in it, not sharply, but like really steadily into that yeah. bruise. That's what I like. And you know do. what they say about, um, and I wonder if that's true for Eden too. I'll have to listen to his exits, but there's always a vibe that's a little bit off, but you just, you know, you, you just push it aside and say, that's paranoia. You don't be annoying. And um, people should listen to their gut. And this week was a good example of people listening to their gut. Yes. uh, Yes, uh, absolutely. And also it's not paranoia if they're actually out to get you as they say. Yes, that's true. Uh, Yes. I've heard that uh, before people say, I just knew something was funny. So Advice to all young Survivor players out there, if you know something's funny, investigate. Yeah, and the worst thing is you were off base and then you create a very funny movement for we for us to watch, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> 
blow up your own game. That's, that's happened fine. to people blowing up their own game. Well, I'm going anyway, so I'm going to do this and this yeah. and this. Uh, well, you weren't going, but uh, you are now. Yes. Yeah. So today we're going to cover episodes 13, 14, and 15. So full spoilers for all the episodes which have aired. Nothing ahead because we don't know any more than you do, dear listener. There are potential light spoilers for previous seasons. We just spoiled one a moment ago. So, Omar, what have you thought of the season so far before we dive into these three particular episodes? So, I mean, I love Australian Survivor. I always have. Even the seasons that people thought were terrible, I enjoyed. So, Which seasons did people think were terrible? Give me their names. People think. (laughs) (laughs) The people on the street say that Mm -hmm. um, 2016 was bad. I disagree. Uh, Mm -hmm. And also it was the first season, so that's fine. Well, first reboot. People say that um, the first All-Stars was bad and I can see why, but it was still entertaining to watch our faves. And mm-hmm. then um, Blood versus Water, which I don't think was that bad either. So, but I love this season. I think it's one of yeah. the best. Seasons. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I like them all. Like any, so even bad survivors, you know, good survivor, and it's good. But this season isn't is an absolute standout. Agreed. And I think one of the fears is, you know, good pre-merge, not so interesting post-merge. Uh, I have three episodes that would beg to disagree. Agree a hundred percent. And I think that is often Australian survivors. Um, I don't want to say downfall, but the gameplay mm-hmm. sen- tends to um, ramp up pre-merge because it's so long and it's all about positioning that by the time people get to the post-merge, they just want to relax a little bit and get into the numbers and ride things through. Like even in heroes versus villains, there was definitely some ups and downs, but um, there was a time where people were a bit more complacent and just going with the boot order. And um, I, and it didn't switch up as much as pre-merge, but this season is serving. And I think there is a balance between serving too much and too chaotic that you can't follow storylines and alliances and then um, not switching up enough. And this is, I feel like, in the real sweet spot to some extent. I think it actually, controversially, is bordering on being too random in the mm-hmm. sense that people keep switching allegiances every week somewhat arbitrarily. It's like why, are, for instance, Kirby and Valeria are really tight and they've built so much trust, but all of a sudden now they're on opposite sides out of nowhere. But the thing that's holding it together is the fact that there are still these coalitions that are still very tight together like ferris's group kirby's group um, mark's group caroline's group like those are easy to follow and so you can see why somebody may have to make a sacrifice like valeria going against her friend because she's in this larger group so i think that still holds the through line together yes and then when they don't like kirby and rihanna that we get set up by the editors that it's going to happen because we see them discussing that you know they may go their own ways yes exactly. but it's still an agreement between allies it's not a surprise yeah. uh and then kirby wonderfully putting the knife in oh they lied to you oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> a little twist yeah so Push who have you liked uh whether they're still on the uh, on the island or not and in particular is anyone that you've changed your mind about through the season either way Oh, very good question. I think um, right now I'm all aboard team Ferris, Eileen, and Raymond. And Mm -hmm. I guess you can throw Alex in there. Um, I think that that is the Alex would be pleased if you did. Yes. I think that's the alliance that I'm most rooting for. 
um, consistently, but you know, I also love the way Kirby's playing the game. I love the way Eden was playing the game. I love that Mark has really, you know, I love the Mark Caroline feud. Like, I think that's so entertaining to watch. Valeria was serving for a while. And I think I was a bigger fan of Valeria earlier on, especially with her viola um connection i thought that was fun but then it comes a point where the pylon is a bit too much and the way she's like come at um people at tribal council just seems like too personal for me um you know the way she spoke and made assumptions about ferris for instance and then it wasn't just ferris you know then you pile on to caroline in a way that i think is too like we can see her point but to say that caroline doesn't deserve to be there when caroline Ooh. is um you know one of the most um, cutthroat and strategic players on the season seems like a far stretch. I think she's towing that. There's that line of like when somebody's so real that they're fun, but then there's a line where it's like they're they're. It's not that they're real; they're just malicious for no or like they, they go too far when it's like, well, who gave you the queen of world? Like who made you the person that can decide who is worthy and who's not? You know, like there's a point where your opinions they're not asked for in that sense yes i mean i i it always makes my teeth curl can teeth curl i suppose i can when <laughs> anyone in any reality show talks about deserving and not deserving because it's 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 not your place to say for a start yeah and on what metric i mean nobody deserves it and everybody deserves it it's yeah. a, it's like you know that was that could have been someone else's place well no it couldn't because they they were cast. They exactly. were the one that was cast. You weren't cast. If you were wanted on the show, apply and and see if you can get in and then apply again and apply again and apply again. It is that person's place. I mean, obviously, I'm referring to Scott. Uh, people seem to have been soft on him, but I also have been looking very sideways at Twitter because I don't want to read bad things yeah. about Scott. But often with a quit, and we saw this in uh, 45, there was, yeah. oh, that was someone else's place. and mm -hmm. Well, it, it actually wasn't. It was that person's place. They were the one that was cast. So, yeah, the deserving thing really, I, I, I loved Val, then I liked her, and now I'm like, mm, it, it's, it, it's all very well. I'm just like that. I'm just straightforward. I, I'm just yeah. straightforward. I just say it like it is. It's like, well, yes, but hasn't anyone told you that it's hurtful? You know, and also, has anyone it your place? said to you like, maybe I don't, don't? Think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I do love. Said, I think there's still like fun parts of her, and the oh, revenge yeah. arc for Viola was fun. Um, yes. But now it's like, okay, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, you know, she thinks Caroline's weak only because she's an emotional player, and uh, she was being, yeah, yeah. That, meanwhile, that's actually very I am ironic. Yeah. emotionally pursuing a revenge on on yeah, uh, exactly on Viola, and revenge is a is a fascinating theme. And then we get a very quick revenge in these three episodes, a decisive one-shot revenge. It's like, that's how you do it. Oh, well, okay. That's iconic, yeah. I know, brilliant. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. We lost Scott, Winner, and Eden this week. I say we lost, like they didn't die. They they yeah. just got on an aeroplane and came back to Australia. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you've thought about it. What birds are they? All right, so I think that you have to give Scott something like a heron, like a, maybe like a uh, probably a great blue heron because he's kind of tall. But, you know, somebody that's always there, always present, 
watching more than participating, but knowing what's going on is an important part of the ecosystem or part of the game. You know, he was a general to Kirby, um, but can strike if you underestimate. And, you know, he turned on Ferris and made his own way in the game. But if you pursue them too much uh, for veterinary care, um, they can go and get captured myopathy and die. So <gasps> God, he did, everybody, know, he didn't die on him, and then he had to leave. Die, but he died in the game. Yes. yes. Oh, and also very, very uh, beautiful and sort of slightly ethereal. Mm -hmm. That's a good artwork kind of bird, you know. That's a good artwork bird. Do you know Mona, the Museum of Old and New Art down in Hobart? No, I don't. I heard. If it's... you go to when you come to Australia. Yes. And you go to Tasmania, both are things you must do. Uh, it's it's absolutely incredible, and I can see him being there. It's yes. like nowhere else, no other art museum in the world. I've heard it's art. wonderful, and if I ever yeah. go down to the land of the devils, I will. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, and also I, I'm a truther out there. I think the Tasmanian tiger is still alive. You are not alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so Scott, the great blue heron. And what about yes. uh, Winna? Winna is probably, so Winna is like sleek, fast, can move quickly, um, isn't, you know, necessarily going to, um, how do I say this nicely? But isn't going to like drive the game very well on his own, but can still have some chops. And like the Merlin, to me, seems like the perfect bird. It's a small falcon, can move very quickly, swiftly, catch its prey, do its thing. And then it, you know, it doesn't have an impact beyond that. It's, does he have the power of a larger falcon, like a peregrine falcon? Probably not. But a Merlin can still do what a Merlin can do. And it gets by just fine, you know. Yeah. So su Sushi Boy is a Merlin. Yes. Amazing. And then uh, Eden, I would give. So I don't know. Eden will probably listen to this as a super fan. And so if Eden is. Hi, Eden. This, yes. Hello. Don't be offended because you might be offended off the jump, but you shouldn't be because you don't know this animal like I do. But he is a grackle. Do you know what mm. a grackle is? I've heard the name. I can't picture it. Okay. Maybe he hasn't heard of that either, but they're all over North America. Um, they're like, they're like a little crow. You know, and they are shiny. They've got like shiny. I love crows. I yeah, love they crows. they have. They're very smart, but they're inconspicuous. Like you don't know exactly. You don't know where they're going, where they're coming from, where they're. They're always like milling about, and they are smart because they're. Um, they have a lot of intelligence that people don't know about. Um, and I think that's Eden's gameplay is he's able to like fade into the background a little bit, but. He's all over the place. He's making plans. He's whispering in ears and he's bringing it together in that manner um, rather than being very overt and like a Ferris, like a Kirby. That's not his gameplay. And sometimes a grackle is more effective than, you know, um, what, what bird runs like a cassowary. To put oh. it in Australian terms. Yeah, thank you very much. Yes. Yes. Uh, did did you do you like hearing the uh, the wild sounds in the um, soundtrack of the Samoan bush jungle? I don't know what it is. So I'd call it bush birds. I mean, well, I don't you think you, I you know, uh, there's there's the uh, pause for appreciation of the Australian Survivor editors. I think not, and the and the um, story producers. The clarity that we're getting these somewhat chaotic moves uh, in 
the clarity in which we are getting them uh, mm -hmm. is is just incredible. If you think about not just the three that we're going to talk, we are going to talk about it, everybody, uh, not just the three that we're going to talk about, but the way that they give you the information. One of my previous guests called it called it breadcrumbing. They like leave you little breadcrumbs that will that will come to fruition later is incredible. But I also think the B-roll is very beautiful and the soundtrack is very beautiful, not just the music, but the integration of the natural sounds. So when you watch... Okay, I will pay more attention to that because I think I've just been taking it for granted and subconsciously noting it. And yes. I'm not that observant about stuff like that, but I did actually notice one thing on this, this week's edit that I thought was so funny. Oh, they still. edited it that way, but it was right at the end, the last clip we saw before the preview for next week which was um, uh, Eden's final words. And then he's speaking and then he pauses after he says somebody flips, then they flip to Jaden saying, this is for Winna. And then there's a sound of a knife on a cutting board. And I was like, Oh, that is so good. You yes. know, just chop his head right off there. You know? Yes. They knew that we were dying to know who flipped, who yeah. flipped. And they just, they teased and teased it. It's just, it's, it's so beautifully done. All right, let's get to episode 13. This is going to be the episode that Scott goes out. What stood out for you here? This is the first uh, individual immunity challenge, of one that you yourself played. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And I didn't do that well in it, though. <laughs> <laughs> the first. Well, that's the thing that was annoying is I was pretty good in the practice round. I don't know if people know, but we have a little practice round before. It's not forever, but you could just kind of see. And I think that, um, I, I mean, I was pretty good. So I was like, okay, I'll be fine. But then one little motion and it's really hard to get that bow to stop moving. And I wonder, I looked at the shape of the Australian survivor one versus the American survivor one. Um, and the American Survivor one, I think the bow is more flat towards the ends of it. Whereas on the Australian one, it seems that they're more angled towards the end. Because I was like, on, I wish in hindsight, instead of holding it the standard way, if I had just held it vertically, because the flattest part of the American oh. bow is actually on the top. So it would take more to move. But um, and then I looked at this one, I was like, No, that wouldn't that wouldn't work at all for this, for this particular challenge. But I thought that was interesting. Um, I this is the first 14 person merge that I've ever seen as well. So that was yeah, um, us, us too. Like it's, yeah, it's hard to manage all of those numbers. But I think they made it a palatable storyline again, because they've grouped in these voting blocks, um, which have, you know, four different heads of their alliances which makes it a little bit easier to follow um i guess what i i thought this this episode was so good because i didn't know it was going to happen and so then to see i, I you're going to tribal council fully prepared for it to be raymond or fully prepared for it to be caroline or, or no, kitty 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 and i'm yes. like I don't want either of them to go because I love Raymond. I think he's so funny. And I, I mean, I didn't care for Kitty before the episode because she was not on the show, but um, her speech at tribal council where she's like, if I survive this, I thought it was ironic. Cause she's like, I'd rather make a big splash and be remembered 
um even if i go home and i was like well, that's ironic because you haven't like they haven't shown you at be all this yeah time. be careful because you're, you're yeah. not watching the show as it's being filmed right exactly and then i was like wow maybe this could be the start of something great for kitty i i think it's too soon to let her go now because we've barely gotten to know her now she's making this de declarative statement i'm like i'm not ready for either of them to go but it's going to be one of them and then all of a sudden scotty out of nowhere is just like i'm done but if you take that and then look back within the episode it's not like the breadcrumbs, as you said, were not there. So it didn't come out of nowhere. And then you can go back and be like, oh, I see where this kind of devolved and where it went towards. And I thought that that made it very good storytelling. So what were you saying? And I'm sorry, I said um, immunity uh, um, it was challenge the, and it was the reward I, challenge. Yes, the yes. reward challenge. Yeah, yeah. Just a, just a small reward, $60,000. Oh, yeah. I forgot that they got sixty k for yes. that. And the, yeah. the pay structure there is so different because yes. you, I think basically from what I understand is an Australian survivor, if you don't win, you need to win that set for life or the mm -hmm. car otherwise it's financially not super Nothing. worth it yeah so yeah it's it's not moment. there are, there is no prize for second down there's no sliding scale as there is in in america yeah, i mean so i imagine that they get a, a stipend but but i, I don't they, know yeah. do you so think that makes the gameplay better though because people are like i have to win or it's not worth it well, it depends why you're on Survivor, I suppose. That's true. Do people go on to win a million uh, half a million dollars that is here? I mean, um, other game shows, you know, uh, deal or no deal, you're there for the yeah. money, right? It's not the game. Right. Right. And I also think people the other, go for yeah. Survivor for the experience, but then yes. also it depends on the, the, I think, the culture of the season. Like I think earlier on in the show, in the U.S. show, at least, it was more about the money. Like, that was the goal to win. Then it yes. came about winning the title, I think. And then now it's become more about the experience. Mm -hmm. And when I was there, like, the money was not – not seem to be a driving factor for most people. Um, was it discussed? Did you lie around the fire discussing Not really, it no. I mean, I think sometimes we would think in our head, oh, we made it a step further so we get more money. But it wasn't like – I would say that if you asked me there why I was trying to win, it was more about the title than the money that came along with the title. But then mm -hmm. when you think about how a million dollars afterwards can really change your life, you know, looking back, I was like, I wish I thought a little bit more about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, if you, uh, you know, winnings here in Australia are not taxed, so... Well, same for Canada. We're in the sweet spot because we get that Very U.S. Nice. Oh, you get the U.S. money. You get yeah. the U.S. money and no tax. Oh, yeah. that's so nice. That's so nice. So let's talk about, before we talk about the other thing that uh, Valeria won in this reward challenge, let's talk about those breadcrumbs for Scott. So take us through Scott's, Scott's last episode and what you, as you say, looking back could see was being woven through the narrative. Yeah, so I think the interesting part about that, too, is I thought that um, it was kind of like a movie in the sense that you didn't know what the breadcrumbs were telling you until it got there. Like, I thought the first set of breadcrumbs was him coming out of nowhere being like, I'm a very um, social player. I like to build social ponds. So then you're like, OK, it's interesting that we inserted that here at the merge when so much is going on. That must lead to something important. Then you see him talking with Kitty during that conversation and they're bonding and then they leave that for a little while and then when kitty becomes the target he comes in and is like i'm not letting kitty go and you think that that is where the narrative was going of i'm a social player now i must save kitty in some way and blow up the game and rat out my alliance and then 
uh, chaos ensues and you think that's where it ends but then you see as kitty is talking to him like he doesn't he can't give an answer he seems very distressed he yes. seems not to be able to you know cope with what's happening but he doesn't feel okay about anything that's happening betraying his alliance versus letting kitty go and you can see that struggle and then you think that that was just the extent of it but then when you see um this game has been at tribal when this game has been putting a real big toll on me we saw that we just didn't know how impactful it truly was yes when when we start with that uh you know scott's package as it were the i'm a social player you know you think oh no he's going to get voted out but i just can't see i just i cannot see how he gets voted out so it can't be that of course it was the you know the personal story bump i'm leaving but very very differently i mean i was very intrigued when Kirby, i adore kirby i just kirby for me yeah. is like mwah, i love her uh but um but the ferris alliance is the alliance i'd be in i think i decided last mm-hmm. week but we see her either overhearing or certainly noticing scott talking to kitty quite intensely uh getting visibly quite distressed and she says, come on, let's go for a walk. And you think, oh, is is she going to give him the rounds of the kitchen? Is she going to dress him down? But the way that breadcrumb blossoms, mixing metaphors, at Tribal Council is her steadfast support of him. So I think in my mind, in my head canon, and we can certainly find out uh, after the exits, that she took him aside and said what's going on and let him talk. I mean, she's a coach, so... Right. And she's not the enforcer, the godmother, the oh, you know, the mafia kind of. It doesn't. Her game doesn't feel like that. She wants to be in control. She had a wonderful thing about. Well, I'm not in control of this vote. I'll let them have control, but I want it back. Yeah. And we see in the next time ons that she's sick of not having control. So right. she does want to have control, but it's a very different one from sort of laying a hammer down. So when she takes him aside, and then the events transpire that he leaves. I imagine her just letting him, him talk it out and giving him her support. Uh, at she Tribal also Council. said not about the game life stuff when she was pulling him away. And I was like, oh, that's so obviously a lie. But then when things came out, like, I guess that was true. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Because he has been her, I mean, Rihanna was her number two and he was sort of in the orbit and then he became her very strong lieutenant yeah. after the swap. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yes. So it's a it's a huge merge. One of the players in 46 has more siblings than on this merge, but yeah. nonetheless, 14 is a lot. How was it at the merge? And I was going to ask you, because we're looking at this Scott-Kitty relationship and people going, oh, but they only knew each other for two days. I, you, you've known each other for the whole game. You just maybe haven't had a chance to talk. Right. And certainly in Australian Survivor there is a bit of a of a tradition of talking uh, during rewards, uh, during, during challenges, and previous um, casts have shaken each other's hand down the line. This cast hasn't. Do you form opinions and contacts with uh, opposing tribe members that come to fruition at the merge, or did you? Oh, a hundred. I mean, a hundred percent. That plays. That's a very good question. Nobody's ever asked me that, but that's so true. It plays such a big part of the game. Um, 
because I mean, on, on multiple levels, one is before the game, you know, our cast, I mean, it's, it's kind of out there. So it's not like behind the scenes stuff, but like we had to quarantine for two weeks before playing the game. So I think 41 and 42 spent more time with each other before the game started than basically any other season of new players. Um, but we weren't allowed to talk to each other, but you form like affinities, I would say, or impressions of other people in that time. And I remember thinking like the three people that I want on my tribe or to work with the most are Marianne, Jonathan, which worked out because they were both on my tribe and Chanel. And so when it came down into the game that we played where we had to pick somebody from another tribe to go on a journey to make a decision with me, I, I wanted Chanel to go with me for that reason. So that played a role in the game. Now, then Chanel didn't really build a lot of trust with me in the game. So I was like, OK, I have to let that go. But had that not been the case, that could have been something that shaped the way the merge went. Um, and same thing during the game, like Hi told me afterwards that he actually, yeah, he told me afterwards that he had um, a huge affinity towards me because of my bird shirt and he loves animals. So then he would see me at the challenges and be like, I want to work with that guy. And similarly, I felt like he would be somebody that I could bond with as well. And Marianne on our tribe was like, Hi has to be the first one to go because she assumed he was running everything. So you definitely form opinions about people while you're on other tribes and then those can either be reinforced and then they're stronger or they can fall apart um, and not go that way. But there are things that can carry over and then, you know, bonds can form very quickly, even at a merge situation. Like um, I dumped his whole alliance for me in a matter of a day or two because we built a strong bond. And so, and I similarly came into the merge mindset of like, I'm not turning on my tribe, but then high made me question that. I was like, well, we're getting along very well strategically and personally. So maybe I should jump ship. Um, so I think that those decisions can be made. In, and you saw even on 42, like um, high voted out Lydia within three days of a merge after almost going to rocks for her. So these things can change quite a bit at the merge, especially when things are in an unsteady state. If you feel that you are on the chopping block, then you may much more easily fall into voting for someone that maybe you wouldn't have you had a few more days to think about it. Mm, it's it's fascinating. And we've seen Fer uh, particularly Ferris and Mark have multiple conversations during challenges when they have to, you know, stand together in order to run forward and or get held back by Jaden hilariously yes. or whatever it might be that he, he has actually passed information. Yeah. I think that hasn't come to fruition post-merge, but it's certainly very interesting and they are not the only ones. Uh, and that happens way more moments. in Australian Survivor because yeah. they often do those one-on-ones where you're far away from everybody. But on our seasons, like in US New Era Survivor, like you have your own lane. Like if you talk to another tribe, it's weird. Like people are watching you, so you shouldn't do that. Oh, you might be out. Yeah, yeah. That's the cult. I mean, that, and that's also then the culture of that particular season and the culture of the, you know, the iteration. So yes. in Australia, it's very much. And as I said, and people who have just started watching this fantastic season because they heard on Twitter it was fantastic, welcome. But what you will normally see at the end of uh, tribe challenges is what you see at the end of football games here, which is each tribes almost lines up and shakes the hands down the line of of the other mm -hmm. tribe which is you know very good sportsmanship we saw some very bad sportsmanship on this uh in the early going of this season i did not approve uh, Wait, what happened? i don't remember 
Oh, holding up L's on your forehead. Oh like, yeah, yeah, tomato. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And and over over celebrating and some sledging and stuff. And I I I, I don't. I was surprised because it's not generally the 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 culture. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, yeah, so you can have a chance to pass messages, I suppose, or yeah, you know, clasp their hand and look them in the eye and make some make some thoughts about it. So we have this huge merge, but as we find out by the end of the third episode, no jury. Oh, wait. Okay, yeah. See, that's the whole thing I always miss and I forget. Like, I just tune out the part where he's like, they're going home, so I never miss that. But no, none of these people made the jury. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one wants to say especially, I mean, for all of them, but especially for Eden. Yeah, for sure. Who is now dateable, but not on the jury. Right. That's probably the last. This is He's probably the last pre-juror right you would think so so 14 down to um 11 to finalists jury of nine yeah yeah exactly i wonder if someone as tuned into the game as eden would have figured out that there wasn't going to be an 11 person jury but you know maybe he didn't. and the other thing is like that is such a um the jury four person is so important for the game because they definitely set the tone of you know everybody that comes in after so if you have somebody that's like all about the game and they're not bitter and they're happy that really um i think makes a difference for the culture of the jury and so eden would have been the perfect jury for a person so that's a bummer mm, eden we know you're listening we would have liked you as the jury for person mm-hmm. eden for all stars yeah and there's so many oh. also like fallen comrades this season that brought so much like it's interesting because I felt like I knew everybody, but there were. I feel like this season proportionally had more purple edits. I don't know if you feel, how, or if you guys use the terminology purple edits. Yeah, we do. Um, okay. We didn't know Charles at all. I kept wait. Where's Charles? Because like, I yeah. he intrigued me preseason. I noticed him in in the little tiny tiny bits we got of him. Then at his vote out, I thought, well, yeah, I can see now you didn't want me to become attached to mm-hmm. Charles, but I would have preferred to be attached to him in some way. Yeah. Um, who else are you thinking of? Well, I was thinking like even someone like Viola, we got like, I liked oh, Viola yeah. on the show. I'd love to see her again. Uh, I was bummed that she got voted out and kind of abruptly, but she she felt like a character that was going to be a long term and that would have a breakout. And then it just never really happened. And that was kind of a bummer. But it's not like we didn't feel like we knew her, but they didn't, I feel like they didn't do enough. Um, you know, obviously Tobias was a nothing, um, but he was an interesting casting choice in how he went home and stuff like that. Like, I'm not going to talk to you, Kelly. Um, even looking at the confessional charts and Kelly and her presence was like in, in the, at least in confessionals, was a lot lower than you would think because her presence was so large otherwise. But Garrick also was kind of low key, and you know, you were waiting for him to have like a really big thing, and then he went home. Um, Winna had a really quiet edit overall, Scott as well. But you know, we still kind of knew them all, so it's a, it's a weird mixture of not like Raymond is one of my favorites, and he's barely been on the show. Oh, so, him counting on his fingers in tribal, yeah, was so fantastic. I, and there's a, a secret scene of him going up to vote. Um, you know, double finger guns and then hopping on one foot to the oh. <laughs> to the bottom of the stairs that he climbs up and then he shouts, now to get serious. That's so he votes. funny. It's just like, He's like the it's Joker. completely divine. Yes. And I think easily dismissed perhaps by his castmates, certainly I think by some casual viewers. Uh, but he he's one that 
knows more than than you think from the outside. I'm I'm very fond of him, and he must be protected at all costs. Agreed. We've avoided talking about it till now. Scott's departure. He, and from what we know, Kitty would have gone on this uh, on this vote here at episode thirteen. Mm-hmm. But Scott, after quietly listening to everybody, I mean, do you do you know? Would he have told a producer uh, before this that he was going to do this? Would JLP have known and therefore was, you know, leading the tribal council towards uh, asking Scott that question? Um, honestly, I don't. I don't know. Um, Because I know that when Sean quit on 45, like nobody really knew that was going to happen either because it was just kind of out of nowhere for out of, I should say out of nowhere for the viewing experience, but probably not out of nowhere for his own experience because there's probably a lot that goes on in one's head that you don't share or fully realize or is suppressed or subconscious until something brings it out and you have an epiphany or whatever. So how much of that, I think I could see a situation where um, perhaps he knew what he was doing going into tribal and maybe all the producers knew as well, maybe, or maybe they didn't. Um, I think it could be either one. Yes, he he was so gracious in leaving and so clear in, well, I don't even want to say explanation because he doesn't have to explain himself, but he, he did. You know, he starts with, this has been a dream of mine since I was a kid. As soon as he said that, I thought, oh, no, please don't, please don't. Yeah. Uh, I think the clarity of what he was talking about with his mental health, we certainly, there have been a couple of, of uh, quits in Australian Survivor. There were two due to, uh, one due to illness, one due to injury. And with the injury, he asked his tribe mates to vote him out and they wouldn't, so he quit. And then we've had two, uh, I I told you not to ask me anything about history, <laughs> I'll Omar, look, I'll, and I'll you just exposed me. Uh, and then there were two uh, back-to-back with injured players asking their tribe to vote them out and the tribe did vote them out. As a kindness, yeah. uh, but so it's it's not common. It's not common in in the US either. It's it's not actually common, but we no. remember them, I think, and people certainly have opinions about them. But I think that Scott explained himself so clearly, and the tribe seemed. I mean, there were you know big strong men with tears in their eyes, you know, wiping wiping at their cheeks. Did the Australian and, audience respond as harshly as the American no. one? Not that I've seen. I'm sure there are corners of the amazing internet that are that are not happy with Scott. But from what I saw, there was certainly a lot of support from his own uh, cast, of course, and people just commenting and talking about mental health. And I think that the reaction of the tribe also led that in a way. They were so kind and gracious and he was very clear and there was no bitterness and he talked about his love of the game which which seemed so genuine mm-hmm. and uh i love jlp lighten the mood you have spoken <laughs> yeah and then he scott says uh, scott quotes peter pan he says it's been one awfully big adventure and so out of the game mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, I think at the end of the day nobody on that show owes anybody anything um it's everybody's own personal journey. I mean, I think you owe other people things in the sense of like, 
you shouldn't be rude or mean to them. Um, but I think that, you know, what one does with their own journey is their own choice. I think that there is some impact on the people around you. But if like for, for Kirby probably hurt her game, but she's okay with it. So nobody else should be mad about it. And also Scott isn't there for anybody else. Even for Kirby, he's there for himself. So if that's his choice and he doesn't regret it. Then who are, who is anybody to say anything about it? You know, I think if he regrets it, that's, and then he has to live with that and that sucks for him. He doesn't need people to pile on to him about it. So um i mean he's happy with it or he's not and that's his choice i i mean i need to listen to his exit but i i can't imagine he regrets it that was a very Mm. important uh, important step and it and it is good for the conversation around reality television as as well so episode 14 caroline's crying oh yeah sorry i'm not laughing because she's crying Wait, before we get to that, there was yes. this scene in episode, that episode where Scott went 13, where Ke- um, Caroline and Valeria are arguing over a jacket. And I thought, hey, oh, that's hilarious. funny because jackets always jackets. deliver on Survivor. Yes. But also, where did all this new clothes come from? I've never seen that jacket once out there. I believe it was Nathan's jacket. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I get I gather that from gleaning. I've been out in the in the cornfields gleaning. Yes, sudden new clothes. I think the Australians get a lot more clothes than than uh the, well, the US cars. <laughs> they're there for yeah, a lot longer. Season, like the new era was the first I think winners at war and then after we we now get like three pairs of clothes each, which is more mm-hmm. than they were getting for many seasons where it was like one or two. And yes. then there were people complaining about that. It's like, it's not that much clothes for the amount of time that you're out there. Like, and don't you want to see some variety on the show? Like some stylistic expression? Like, chill. No, I love to see the, the, the evolution of clothing. For example, winner's sushi shirt. Which also which came out of nowhere. <laughs> came out of nowhere. Uh, suddenly the sleeves have gone. He doesn't deserve yes. sleeves, he yeah. decided. Yeah. And I like seeing things get filthier and filthier and filthier. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Maybe I, I should have I mentioned new sleeves off. I don't know why you got the sleeves. I wanted to roll them up. But anyway, I, I suppose you're out there and you go a little bit um, non-literal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite know how to say that. <laughs> uh yes and then there's also people seem to leave clothes behind and yeah. and then Kelly just outright uh colonized Raymond's I paused my game to come here <laughs> shirts <laughs> she's got that uh I think you need to say goodbye to everything you bring cuz you might not get it home with you <laughs> what a star yes uh so I wanted to ask you about the politics of shelter sleeping. Caroline is feeling very betrayed by Mark and Valeria. Uh, uh, unexpectedly betrayed? No, Caroline, surely not. But she doesn't want to sleep next to Mark. And I, I wasn't laughing about her crying. I mean, she clearly, this is clearly very genuine. And yeah, she goes to, to be comforted by, by Kitty, but it's kind of... <laughs> It is well, see, that's the thing. Funny. It's like, Caroline, you're playing super hard and blindsiding people left and right. Mm-hmm. So when you're on the other end of it, you also have to be a, will, a little bit willing to, like, take it if you're going to give it. But also, um, she, I see what Valeria means in the sense that 
And it's not because she's a woman, just to be clear, because there's clearly a lot of people playing emotionally, whether they're a man or a woman out in the game. And sometimes that can manifest. I think when they manifest again, like we spoke about in tears, then it can be easy to kind of shit on if I'm allowed to say that. Whereas if it manifests in anger, it isn't viewed as a weakness, but it is still playing with emotion. And so like, I think you have to look at, you can play the game with emotions and not be hysterical or emotional, but with, with uh, Caroline's reaction in particular to this, I felt it was a little bit um, unfairly emotional in the sense that she is dishing out blindsides and feels that it's part of the game. But when it happens to her, it just feels so deeply personal and she can't and it didn't work and it didn't work work. so (laughs) yes so it's like you've come for mark he's come for you you've went for his you left him out of a vote that was very important and you know he's now doing the same so i think that you have to be willing to like kind of let it go i don't know i just felt like it was a bit over the top but also that's what makes her a good survivor character to watch on the show yes yes and as always as i say every episode we are talking about the character we are given which is an edited version of a real person yes they are real people but we do not know them and under not normal circumstances so that that i mean and and i think we have a right to talk about them but we also have to say "Mm." also some people cry when they're angry i cry when i'm angry and then people try and comfort me and i say no i'm I'm angry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what what are the politics of of shelter sleeping? The position that you sleep in. Did do you notice who sleeps to who with who? Sorry, who sleeps yeah. next to who? Shall yeah. we say? That's a good. Like we always got taught that by Boston Rob. He said, "Pay attention who you sleep with in the shelter." Tells you a lot, eh? All the way back in Survivor. Hey. Yeah, Yeah, and heroes versus villains, smarting up. up. (laughs) And he was talking about his first stint in All-Stars where he would sleep next to Amber. But I think that Survivor has evolved so much. Well, I guess it probably depends on the culture of the season. I can just say that on our season of 42, like that didn't really play a big thing or a big role. Like I think early on, we noticed Jonathan and Lindsay were kind of sleeping next to each other. And we were like, is this going to be a showman's little? Did we know? Absolutely would never and under any circumstances have been a showman's. But, um, you know, at that point in, in my game, I was like, I'm a little bit threatened by how close they are for that very reason. So um, it played a minor role in me, you know, trying to become closer to both of them than they were to each other. But, and then, but after the merge, it just seemed so random. Like people sleep where they wanted to sleep. Like, mm-hmm. People sleep who where they to fall sleep down. The fire. Tired, you know? Yeah, like people wanted to sleep by the fire for warmth. They slept there. Um, a lot of the men, like Mike, Hi, myself, Jonathan, Romeo, would often sleep on the ground next to the shelter, and then the girls would sleep in the shelter. But they were not all aligned, and we were not all aligned. So it was like I don't think it played that much of a a role. I think sometimes if you think on the next level, which I I think I was a bit naive too, in the sense that, um, you know, I would notice Mike and Jonathan, they would always sleep next to each other and they would talk a little bit more than I would talk to them. But I was also out like a lamp, like my lights were out as soon as the dark was over. I could sleep like a baby after a while. Oh, no, Tony Vlachos running around in the night looking No, because I was like, I need to recharge. But then mm-hmm. sometimes you would, like, I woke up the day, the day I was getting voted out or the day before and when they were planning my blind sign and they were up earlier than they usually are. And 
I thought that was weird, but I didn't want to be paranoid. So I just like let that go. So I think there are things you can learn from about where people are sleeping. Well, and certainly in this in this season, the cuddle crew made themselves very obvious. Big target. Even in the name, even in the name they were given, uh, yeah. and I think even without the sleeping arrangements, they would have been clocked. Uh, yeah. And I rush to say that none of you know they all have other partners, and we haven't had any any confirmation. But they certainly were cuddling because you want to keep warm. I mean, I'm yes. assuming, yeah. and some people are hot sleepers and perhaps might be in demand as your personal hot, hot water bottle. So what is the theme here of this episode? We're going to get to winner eating 25 humble pies. I thought fantastic final words. Yeah, because truly. he, you know <laughs> he he came into the game. I think he was a recruit. He has a lot of followers on Instagram. <laughs> I don't I'm pleasuring there. You know, I, I, it's just an opinion. I got you now that I'm doing a true crime show I've got very used to saying in my opinion and allegedly uh, when it's not a matter of law but uh, I thought he caught on to the game well only on a surface level though yes I agreed Agreed. Uh, and then he took his defeat with as much sort of high spirits as he might eat 75 bananas yes I I agree Um, I mean I will always say I would be careful about someone's exit and how gracious they appear to be because it's sometimes just a show or it hasn't been processed yet fully. Like maybe when is the most bitter person of all time, I doubt it because I don't think that he was like that into the game in that kind of way. But um, I think that he's a good natured guy. I don't think he was made for this show necessarily, but like you, like you said, he did catch on to the thoughts of the blind sides, but I think he was too, in a way too trusting but then in another way not trusting enough like in some ways he was he was too trusting of his alliance and that was what it was going to be and that was it um and then he was so not trusting of everybody else like what has ferris done really to you that's uh, has been has been a lie like you've lied to him not the other way around and i don't think he was like the best liar in the world for instance when ferris came up to him in the water pre-merge um and was like kirby's gunning for me and then when it was like no no way he's not cutting for you she's not cutting for you um and he's like i really think so and he was like uh no no i well i haven't heard anything but it's like you're the exact person winner that would have heard something so for you to like lie to ferris's face right now if ferris was really paying attention would know that you're lying to him too so i think that um he wasn't uh, like he i would give him like a b minus what would you give him Yes, somewhere around there, potentially a C plus. C plus. I think. Yeah, I think about the moment that he wanted to draw in the Charles vote out, when he he had to conceive of a challenge in the middle of a tribal council, which, not having watched the show, he was not aware of, and then he had to think about only three people voting: who they were, who they were aligned with, and who were the uh, targets. And then he gets the idea of draw the votes on me and I'll play my idol, all of which are good thoughts. The execution was absolutely terrible. terrible. Yes, yes, agreed. Yes. Terrible. What did uh, you not like about it? It was just so, I mean, it was just so obvious yes. because he hadn't ever spoken like that before. He hadn't 
being the arrogant one. I don't think he's arrogant. I think he's very confident and had spoken yeah. confidently and, and you know, no, I will do this and, yes, I won't do that. That's the wrong way around. But he hadn't ever been almost bitchy, which yeah. he suddenly was. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's why I do give him points because he did seem to pick the game up as he went along. Yeah. I mean, Liz didn't know the show either. Right. Liz from from uh, last last season, but she was a learning machine. She also had a fantastic teacher. So, yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, so I I think a, a round a B. I'm going to give him a C plus because I like to put a plus on his name. Okay, yeah, I I, I don't disagree. I think that the um again, the idea to come up with me, let me use my idol right now in this situation, draw votes onto me. I think that's a good idea, but I think at that point, if that's your mindset you have to then um, not, yeah, like change people's opinions 180 completely. You have to lean into what's already happening. And people were already telling him Charles is in danger. So you take that step, you play it on Charles and and don't give them the sus that anything's up because I really think that that was the, probably the turning point for Ferris and Eileen to be like, we need to split our votes instead of go on one. Yes. I mean, it, it, we thought Eileen uh, was the one who came up with that, but in fact it was Ferris. So Ferris, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm sorry that I gave that credit to Eileen. Everybody thought or, it was Eileen on the podcast. Yeah, it looked like it was. Um, but, I mean, that's a, that's a credit to their relationship that they that they were able to come up with it together, it being Ferris's idea, but to put, to put the execution was fantastic. Yes, I mean, again, uh, winner, does he know that you can play your idol for someone else? Like, again, I'm sure, he, <laughs> I'm sure it's in the rules and it was explained to him, but it's like if you haven't seen it happen, it might not be the thing that you think of straight away. Plus, yeah, he's a young guy with an idol. He wants to play it on himself. He wants to yeah, feel, you know, sure. yeah, I'd save myself. So, yes, if he had had all those ideas and then gone a step further, which is let it be Charles and let me play my idol on uh, on Charles, you know, a different story. But this is this is Winner's story with, I mean, the speed dating <laughs> in the scramble to come yeah. up with these groupings. But again, as you say, even though they're unlikely as a whole alliance, within the groupings you can see the people that have been playing together. Yeah. So Ferris, Eileen and Raymond uh, hook up with Caroline Kitty who are together and then Eden who has slightly hopped from from uh, place to place. Now I know that the bird you assigned to him doesn't hop because smart birds walk and dumb birds <laughs> hop. So <laughs> if they're anything like a crow, they'll be a walker. Uh, and then the others on Caroline, Valeria, Mark who work together uh, Jaden and Jaden there, another slight floater, and Kirby and Winner. Leaving out Alex and leaving out Rihanna. It's yeah. actually co it's complex. You know, it's a 6511. Yeah. But when we thought that's what was going to happen, we thought, but that can't, like, it's so complex. And we had had a, a previous vote where Caroline had pulled the pin because everything got complicated and yeah. the stories and the half stories and the decoy stories were all too much. So it was a wonderful piece, again, of storytelling where they said, well, the, the editor said, well, this is the idea, but look how complex it is. And we all went, yes, it's a great idea, but it's so complex, especially leaving out the leaving out of two people who are voting for two different people than each other and than anybody else. 
and it worked and that was the joy of of that uh of that uh, vote i think i agree i just i don't feel a hundred percent about leaving out re and alex no I, I well no i don't feel 100% about it but that was the plan yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was executed yeah. very well i just don't know if that was especially if re was lying to them cuz i think of the two re had somewhere else to go alex didn't so if re votes with them and then alex ends up throwing one vote at valeria now it's a tie and you just left alex out what if he flips and votes with the other group like or you just burn trust with him moving forward and he could flip on you for that reason because he's not in the core group. So I think I think one thing that is and I don't we don't know, we'd have to wait to hear from Ferris and Eileen, but it seems like they are not from I guess the cuddle crew days not fully trusting Alex, but they also I feel like should trust that Alex has nowhere else to go. So yes. by keeping him at arm's length you're you're creating a situation where when he has a greener pasture he will leave but if you fully include him on your plans and really bring him in then he's less likely to leave because he literally has nobody else anymore uh, absolutely and yeah. you know even uh, kirby saying to rihanna they tricked you that they is yeah. a group that rihanna has a you know somewhat aligned with yeah. other than kirby is caroline and kitty yeah so yeah so goodbye winner thank you for playing it was yeah. a, a pleasure having you on, yeah. on our screens one more note on that was like i think if ferris and eileen had just the way to keep in alex but still make kitty and caroline happy by leaving him out i think was to tell him what was happening but say you should still uh, vote yes. the way you're supposed to yes. vote and maybe they did that because you know that is something that um you know would then not make them seem as close but they still maintain a covert relationship and now they share a secret which bonds them a little bit closer but still keeps Caroline yes. to be happy. And then that covers you for if Rihanna is, is lying yeah. and it's a 661, yeah. then the person who's the one and is having the deciding vote, presumably, yeah. is in on your plan and feels like an important part of your plan because he was given the, the task, the solo task to vote for yeah. Valeria and now is going to be the one that, that breaks the tie. Yes, oh, I like that. See, another another step forward of all these layers. <laughs> and now we get to episode 15 where original uh, lines are redrawn. Yes, Did we ever yeah, think completely. we were going to see this? Um, so, yeah, I thought it was interesting that right after, um, you know, when it gets voted out, you think that now there's some stability between Ferris's group and Kitty and Caroline's group. And I think that it, strategically that was probably in their best interest was to move forward with that new group. Because if you are looking at Eden, Caroline, Kitty, along with um, Ferris, Eileen, and Raymond, because that was the group that voted together, they're on an even playing field. Ferris has been played by Kirby. Caroline and Kitty have been played by Mark. They have invested interest in working with each other and not with the other group. And actually, it behooves them to work together to get all the others out. And they're not, they're on an even playing field. So I think that I'm surprised that Eden's move was to kind of turn on that so rapidly. Because if you're going to turn on that and go tight and strong, I think their better move was just to like put a domino down by taking out Kirby. Why not take out a rebel on the other side? Why betray your side so quickly? Like to me, that didn't make a lot of sense. And it obviously came back to bite them in the butt. Um, 
like you don't need to take out Valeria. You don't need to take out. Um, you could they they wanted to go for Re, so let go for Re then. You know, like what's the big deal? So I thought that was an interesting thing, and it was a dissolving of another alliance that wasn't in their best interest. Like I think that the time for the Titans to work together, like Mark's group and Caroline's group, there was a time at the merge probably where it was in their interest to work with each other, but coming together at this point, I don't think made a lot of sense. Yes, or or keep a tight and strong at the swap as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. swap as well. Yeah. You know, so yes, but you don't know, come back. So there's going to be an attempt to <laughs> get the gang back together. The car reward, do you think Mark is going to suffer from the car curse? <laughs> uh, apparently there's a sixth place car curse, sixth but I got sixth place curse. and no car. So Aww. <laughs> what the hell is up with that? But um, anyways, I, I think... I don't think Mark, I don't know. I feel like he was like the number one candidate to win for so long until yes. Viola got blindsided. And now it's just like he can't get anything together. And when he, he does get, get something together. Somehow. We're yeah, watching him like, falling off the cliff in very slow motion as he grabs little cat. tiny twigs that pull out of the side of the cliff. Yes. He's like that cat that's like hanging there, but it's like can't get up the Oh, wall. that cat's long dead as well. Yeah, exactly. So, Mar I mean, Mark is still alive, but for how long? Yes. Who's to say? Um, he just can't get like what's even his path forward is now because i feel like he doesn't have stable group with the titans and he has built no trust with the rebels so i don't know yes. where to go from here you know potentially next one out question mark i mean i, I haven't uh, we'll get to that but i just don't see where he goes let's talk about this reward that also came with the car which was the barbecue mm -hmm. and in survivor tradition you don't tell the person how many people they're going to get you make them choose one at a time which i always think is really interesting it's like take yeah. three people with you oh okay yeah. but it's take one person now take yeah, one like take one uh so what did you think of his selection and what are the politics of choosing who to go who'll go on a reward i mean eden seemed miffed that he didn't go on the reward. But to yeah. me, you don't take your allies on the reward. You need to leave them back home to hear what's being said and you need to take people that you're working on and positioning with you. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I think that that is the thing that is not very well understood by a super fan audience when they're watching, including myself before I played, just because the toll, the environment and hunger is taking on you is so great that it can outweigh logic at times. And, you know, there was a time, you know, where Lindsay one was probably my closest ally on the show. Uh, at this point in the game, there was eight people left. She ran a reward. And I was like, the logical part of me was like, she should not choose me. But the emotional part of me was like, I'm so hungry. It's so cold. It has not stopped raining in two days. I want, to go to get some shelter and eat some food. And I think for me, I was also strategically okay with that happening because um, I had been one of the only two people to not be on a reward. So it was an easy choice and it was yes. okay. Um, whereas, and we've also you know, heard that before for, for reward yes, selection. Oh, So-and-so's yeah. never been. And, yes. Yeah. And I think that that or somebody can came be second to me in the, exactly, in the challenge. Yeah, yeah. That's it always can an be easy disingenuous, one. but also like nobody's going to think too much about that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that Mark's choices were very interesting. I think that he was correct personally in not choosing Eden. Um, I think that he was incorrect 
well, part of me thinks he was incorrect in choosing Valeria because Valeria is another tight person that will keep track of things for him back at camp. I think choosing Caroline was actually a very, I, I probably would have chose Caroline first, to be honest, because, well, either you want to throw that relationship away completely, or if you have somebody that is so anti you on a personal level now, if they go and you're not working with them, they go to the jury, you know, that can poison them everybody coming forward like you don't necessarily want that so if you can squash somebody that's putting your name out there and thinks that you're a subhuman for how you've treated them and show them a human kindness like i think that you can frame it as i it's clear that your feelings have been very hurt and i was hurt by you as well but i don't whether we work together in the game or not i just want to like show kindness and be friends or something like that like he could come yeah. back from the reward and be like it wasn't about forming an alliance, but rather just getting us to be like on peaceful terms. Um, and I think that that, but so I think, but if his goal was to bring the Titans together, then perhaps bringing Valeria and Caroline together to like make up did make sense. He's um, a diplomat. And, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, yeah. <laughs> Omar. Diplomar. You may not have mentioned it. A diplomat. Yes. 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 And Raymond with the gorgeous shade. Imagine going to a barbecue <laughs> with Carolina Valeria. That's and we were all, look, we were excited as the viewers. We were thinking it, but he said see, it. Yes, to see them together. But yes, yeah, so you think he should have picked Caroline first? I yeah. mean, almost, he could have almost declared it as a human moment. I, yeah. I, 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 I owe her or. Um, you know, on a personal level, I yeah. I want to treat her to this. Kitty's obvious because she came second uh, to him. Wow, she's going to be a, an immunity threat, I think, as is Rihanna. My God. Uh, but the Caroline Valeria, I know what he was trying to do, mm -hmm. but it seemed very much that he put a get-along shirt on them and yes. compelled them. <laughs> But to, it didn't kind of work, I guess. I mean, yeah. Ethan didn't really a lot of the leg work, but I think that yeah. if that was his goal, it was the right thing to do. But I think that he should have sold it better at camp of like that was just about like not having somebody even frame it in a selfish manner so that you don't seem disingenuous and be like, I just don't want her coming for me time after time or thinking I'm a horrible person. So I had to settle mm -hmm. that, but we're not working together. Yes, I suppose he needed to come back to the beach and not speak to Caroline or Kitty at all and let Eden go around the go around the uh, as the whip to get everybody into shape yeah. so we get to this tribal council we aren't sure now what's going to happen but mostly because we just can't believe that curvy and ferris will vote together yes but they've been getting they had put the get along shirt on and have been yes have been good yes i since think since they're Kelly. both they're both smart right they're both yeah. smart uh, so we we come into this tribal council. People are thinking something's fishy. Ferris says something's missing. Someone else said. So there's a feeling in the air. It's not just this continuing storm. They've had a storm for a couple of days. And I noticed some past player, it might have been Rob Sestanino on Twitter, said something like, you know, a gathering storm really changes the the atmosphere at camp and things can get very uh, swirly and jittery. I don't think they they use those two words, but that's how that's how I see it. So again, the the editors have shown us how the vote might come together, and we're just not sure that it will work. How much do you think Valeria spilling the beans at tribal council solidified the uh, original rebel plan? 
because she said everyone has forgiven and forgotten. And if they know nothing else about Valeria, they know that she just says things that are true that perhaps she might not. It, It seemed to me that that statement was followed by the live council whispering. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think it's hard to know exactly. I think it's probably maybe that was a straw that broke the camel's back, but I think there was a lot of behavior beforehand that contributed to that. Like why is Eden running around the beach talking to every Titan, but being sketchy when approaching the rebels, you know, you just voted with Kirby and Rihanna, but you don't give them a plan or not Rihanna, but Kirby, but you don't give them a plan. Like it just seems a bit odd. And so, or no, sorry, I guess that's not true. Eden didn't vote with them. Um, he voted with the Ferris group. So am I bad on that? Yes. But oh, um, I just think that running around talking to all of these um, Titans, not really giving the rebels a lot of reassurance, um, at least from what we saw. And then, you know, from what Eileen had said, it seems like the rebels were not giving any sort of eye contact at all. And I think it's very telling when Kirby saying something like, I don't know any plan. Like, I don't like nobody's giving me a plan. Like, that's a clear indication that something is wrong. And Especially that, Kirby. Like anybody yes. at this point has at yeah. least either been told a plan or a second plan or a backup plan or a decoy yeah. plan. But especially someone like Kirby. Yeah, exactly. She's and heard they, a plan. If she exactly. hasn't made it herself. Yes, yes. And I think that they didn't focus on their fake plan well enough, but it's partially because they, they're their primary plan still needed work. Like Eden still needed to pull over Kitty and Caroline to work with them because they were unsure. So I think that a lot of energy was going into solidifying the primary plan and not um, creating the background noise that would allow the cover to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is my opinion that most tribal councils, people go in knowing who they're going to vote for. Yes. Uh, and people say, oh, live tribal council when maybe there's a little bit of whispering. But I think this was a real live Agreed. tribal. I think we saw the vote change in front of our eyes. Do you agree? Yeah. Agreed. And it was incredible to see that because if one of those people didn't fully buy on to the plan, as we saw with Re earlier <laughs> this season, um, it can mess things up and you have a 651 or a 6542. And so the fact that all of them got on board and it helped really the way they sat them at tribal, it really was split in half um and i think that also is probably a subconscious like i think that was an intentional producer choice that has subconscious um consequences mm-hmm. because you see one group and in australian survivor especially they still um group people based on alliances sometimes for suspense at tribal um from what i remember the the thing that most comes to mind is when in all stars when you had shawnee and brooks group on one side and David's group on the other side and Sharn in the middle. And she's clearly the swing vote. Like um, they do stuff like that just for fun sometimes. Yeah. And so I think that probably, I think an astute player can read into that intentionally, but I think it is also something that subconsciously that causes subconscious awareness. Yes. Yes. I mean, when you're playing social strategy, reality game shows, There's a lot of things to keep in your head. For example, anyone that's watching Traitors, I heard from a Traitor winner that said you've got to know if you are the last person at breakfast that you were one of the people, if you're faithful, that you were one of the people who might have been murdered because we, the audience, have been in the turret and we've heard, oh, it's either Oma or Sarah. So if I come in and I'm last and you're out, I've got to know that that I was in contention. And the same as you say for something like 
alliance this not so much because they are original titans and original rebels but with shan being in the middle at that it was it was such a so emblematic of the situation so six six with a revote how exciting <laughs> did so you know what was going to happen so i did get spoiled oh <laughs> so i, I didn't knew. get spoiled i didn't no. get spoiled i'm very happy i'm so i don't i sort of don't mind getting spoiled but i was so happy not to be spoiled for this yes and this was also a situation where i if i didn't get spoiled the first time there are two other times where i would have been spoiled so it was oh, just okay. meant for me meant to be a- for me to not know or to know that eden was going home but um i was not sure while watching the episode how it was actually going to happen and then like even going to tribal i was like ferris whispered his name but there's no indication that he's going like how this is going to happen like i assumed maybe that ferris would play an idol on raymond and that's how it would happen but to see it go down the way it did was very exciting and to see Jaden flip um was also exciting i think that Jaden, which is ironic because out of everybody there he had no reason to flip Rian, yes. Rian and him had none because they were safe on our. Is it? It is a. Is it a rock? We, it's rocks. We know yes. if it's yeah. rocks, because like we assume it's rocks. Right. Right. Oh yeah, because I guess they did talk about that a little bit with Sharn, um, mm-hmm. and that's why she didn't want to do that tie. Yes. But yes. Um, I think that uh, I was not sure how things were gonna resolve, and so to see that, you know, Jane and Flip for no reason at all, um, other than revenge was interesting but also and it was such a good storyline of like eden being the one to try to train how to train your Jaden kind of thing um gorgeous. but also gorgeous like, television yes like, whether it's true. correct in in survivor strategy they yeah. made a fabulous episode of television oh yeah absolutely a hundred percent but then also it's like is Jaden? Jaden's like one of the most frustrating players to watch um like he has fun moments for sure and like the weird thing of stepping out after being like i don't want a girly necklace even though you're also wearing a skirt just just so that we're anyways that was random it was kind of funny but but like he is the it, it was stepping person. down for winner his his yeah, number yeah, yeah, one yeah, so yeah, i yeah. think i think there was a little a little joke in there yeah but also it's just like he's he to me he seemed like the type of player that was just gonna go along with whatever, whatever last plan that was said to him he was mm-hmm. never going to like be a solid ally like he was voting with kitty and caroline till they didn't have the numbers then he's you know he's a fair weather friend so yes. for me i'm like i don't i would never want to play with a player like Jaden because yes while he's with you and voting with you sure that's great but you don't have an actual way to control or predict what he's going to do because he's just going to do whatever wherever yes. the wind blows and, and look he may have thought that that if you won the immunity necklace you had to wear it the whole time until the right. next immunity challenge so you know maybe he didn't right. fancy it that's true he doesn't he's yes. never seen the show before clearly yes um but for him flipping i think it was fantastic television but it also was not i don't think the right strategic move right and so we say goodbye to eden i've really really uh enjoyed watching him play Oh, and the one to, to go one before jury. It's almost like, you know, yeah. fantastic for the drama. You know, narratively yeah. it makes sense, although perhaps uh, we feel for Eden in this moment. So a question Mark for reminded short... me, did you watch Game of Thrones? I dropped off somewhere after okay. the first couple of well, seasons. Well, people did. They reminded me a little bit of um, Littlefinger, is that his name? And, yes. um, and uh, the guy who knew everything. 
Varys. 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 Not Varys. <laughs> Not Varys. Yes. The two of them. That's who they reminded me of. Love it. Yeah, I also really loved um, the way Eden played. I thought he was a fantastic... Um, just see his passion for the game and all his little quotes and his Seinfeld shirt and his Simpsons. He did Simpsons quotes too, I think. Love that. Anyways, so um, I'm sad to see him go for sure. And I hope that we see him again. Agreed. So, Omar, what do you have going on and where can the people find you? Um, they can find me on Twitter um, at Omar Zahir DVM or um, on Instagram at ozahir 24 um, but I'm not doing too much right now. Just working. Working, watching Survivor. Working and watching Survivor, yeah. Yes. Uh, do you have a, a project or a podcast or a book or a charity of someone else's that you'd like to promote? Uh, sure. I mean, um, so like right now, I work a lot with a rescue group in Ontario called Pumpkin Acres Rabbit Rescue. And I just saw an Instagram post of them saying they've had to close down, taking in any new um uh, not patients because they're a rescue, but new rabbits that need homes oh, the bunnies. because they have no resources for that. And so they would be a probably an organization that could use some donations. Um, they say, you know, they, they keep getting requests for surrenders, but have no animals, no, no space or financial resources to take them in. So kind of sucks. So they do try really hard to help a lot of bunnies in the area and they can't right now. Okay. Excellent. Go give the money to both. eat chocolate bunnies, but pay <laughs> money to help rescue bunnies. And Easter's coming up, and don't exactly. give somebody a bunny as a pet. Oh, no, don't a, do it. Or a chick, a day old chick, don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Never give anyone a pet for a present unless you have discussed it with them, basically. Yes. So you can follow me at Sarah Carradine on all the things um, here on Silent Podcasts. Your Aussie queens are back together as Annabelle and I get you ready for Alone Australia Season 2 by recapping Season 1 starting next week. You can find me every Tuesday on RHAP Reality TV Rehap-Ups where Mari Forth and I bring you a true crime review on Crime Scene. That's S-E-E-N. This week we covered Mr Organ with Mark Blankenship. And we have a very special guest coming very soon, Omar. I wonder if you can guess who it is. It's you. A couple of weeks <laughs> we'll be talking to Omar as well. So thank you for joining me in beautiful Samoa and to Isaiah and the team at Silent Podcasts. Till next time, remember, this game now gets a little bit dirty. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. 
Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello.